Good day to you, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Film Focus, episode 92, The Highs and Lows of Film Fandom. Good day to you ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Film Focus. I'm your host, the Hypersonic 55, and I'm glad you decided to join me once again for some film-related discussion. And today, we have another one of those topic-related things I like to do every once in a blue moon. And the setting's a little different. We are in an undisclosed location. We're not going to say where it is, but let's just say it's a coffee shop somewhere in Vancouver. You can be the one to try and guess where it is. But it serves alcohol. Well, there is that. But yeah, we have another first, ladies and gentlemen, on our like uh, podcast. We have a guest. But rather than the last two that we've had before, where we did like you know conversations over the internet, this is a dude we have in person. This is a really wonderful, interesting, like, you know, is it a nice little mate of mine. Would you like to introduce yourself, sir? Hi, I'm Vincent Ternita. I'm a writer, and I work at a school. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, no, like, uh, Vincent is, like, you know, a jolly dude who I have, like, had the pleasure of meeting in the past, and, like, uh, I thought he would be a very great voice to have on this topic of conversation. As you heard at the start of the episode, we're going to be talking about the highs and lows of film fandom. Now, I'm a person who loves to be part of, like, you know, is it the uh, film discussion space, whether it's online or in person. I just find there's, like, a really interesting conversation to come out of that. However, at the same time, there are a lot of times where just being part of fandom can be really ugly, frustrating, and just leads to... Just, yeah, just general frustration. And I thought I'd just discuss in this episode, like, you know, just several points in, like, you know, is it the pros and cons of, like, you know, film fandom. And Vincent was very nice enough to, like, you know, join me in this episode. So, like, uh, yeah, man, this is not going to be, like, you know, overly professional. But, you know, I don't do that anyway. This is just, like, you know, a casual discussion about this kind of stuff. But hopefully it will lead to, like, you know, some interesting conversations, like, you know, is it between me and Vincent and maybe you guys if you decide to, like, uh, you know, chat in. So... Without further ado, we're going to jump into the pros because, you know, pros are always way more interesting than cons. And, like, you know, the cons, I think, is actually a lot more of a juicy area. But, um... It's really interesting, though. But Kurt said there would be beer, so I showed up. <laughs> I thought you were the one that said there would be beer. I, yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll buy you one after this. That's Yay. on the record, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> like, um, I can always go back. That's fine. <laughs> All right, cool. So, starting with the highs. One of my favorite things about, like, you know, just film discussion is like the intelligent and deep conversation that comes out of it. Now, I'm not claiming to be like, you know, super smart. I think a lot of the interesting and like, uh, you know, more analytical aspects of film I learned was more or less in college and I've lost a lot of that knowledge. So some of the uh, more specific jargon or like um, specific stuff that we could talk about in like, you know, was it a, a fancier term? I can't do, but Whenever you talk to someone who like knows film inside and out and knows how to use like certain jargon, it's one of the sort of things where you can still understand what they're talking about, or they will highlight points where you're just like, "Oh, this is what I was feeling," but they just was able to like um, basically articulate it better than you can. But 
one thing I've always found, especially after I like you know studied film in college and uni, um, was that people who are really into film can really get into like you know those proper deep nitty gritty conversations about like uh, not only just about the film but how it relates to life, how it makes you feel, that kind of stuff. And I love that kind of stuff. I live for it. Like you know sometimes you're just sitting with someone, you end up chatting about a film for like an hour, two hours, maybe a bit more than that, depending on what it is or like you know different genres. So yeah, I like that shit. That, that stuff is cool. So like. Uh, how do you feel about, like, you know, as a... Well, one thing that I like about those intelligent conversations is that it makes me want to check out films that I've overlooked before. Yeah. Uh, earlier this year, like, I really felt that, um, you know, like, we all talked crap about Bird Box. Yeah. But the thing is, like, um, I, I got into a strange cosmic horror phase, and then I started watching all these video essays about cosmic horror films, especially the ones that are like made recently, Annihilation being one of them, Bird Box being one of them. Yeah. Um, and then I went back and took a look, you know, like uh, before I was like, uh, I would have never watched Bird Box if I didn't, you know, see any of those video essays. Right, yeah. And video essays are made by people who really love film. So, like without that, I would have just said, uh, it's just another Netflix film, I'm just gonna walk, like, uh, you know, ignore but then since I did, I could see it in a different light and appreciate it in a different light. As well as, for example, Brightburn. Three months ago, yeah. I would have just said, oh, it's that film. I'm just going to walk away from it. And then I saw video essays claiming that it's um, a thesis for male and white privilege. White male privilege. And I said, huh, that's, that's pretty cool. Let's me watch it. And then I saw it in a different light. Yeah. And I would have not you know, paid $4.99 on PSN <laughs> yeah. to watch this film. Oh, man, I never actually thought about, like, that. Yeah, like, um, you bringing up, like, the whole video essay thing, I find that fascinating as well, because, um, uh, firstly, what did you think of Annihilation? Like, um... Uh, besides Natalie Portman being hot? Um, <laughs> no, Annihilation, like, um... Well, the thing is, like, if I would have watched it prior to it, like, before, like, I was a big Arrival fan. Um, and then when people are watching Annihilation saying, oh, it's better than Arrival, I would just switch off, you know, just, just not listen at all. Yeah, yeah. But then um, since I got into that big uh, cosmic horror phase, I watched Annihilation. And I could say that, with all honesty, that both films have their own, uh, you know, they both have their own... Like strengths and weaknesses, and I yeah. and Annihilation is good for what it was. And after that, I read the book, and the book was in itself its own like form. Yeah, like, I cannot compare both mediums and say one is better than the other. Each one has their own strengths. Each each one has their own challenges. Yeah, cool. And yeah. Uh, like, yeah, I enjoyed what I watched and I enjoyed what I read. And I'm probably not gonna watch read the sequels because I've read certain things. Oh, but right, um, yeah. yeah. I would have not touched Annihilation if it wasn't for that video essay. Yeah, and I found, like, um, I watched Annihilation with my mom, and, like, um, I found that film, like, you know, just endlessly fascinating, mainly because, like, part of it I sort of, like, you know, there was a lot of, like, things left to interpretation, and there was a lot of things where I guess if I was a smarter individual, I might be able to, like, pick a certain amount of it apart, like, you know, in a more analytical manner, but even the things that confused me or didn't make any, you know a lot of sense to me at the same time I was just like well 
I want to know more. All I can know was it what other people thought about it. So the amount of videos I must have watched about maybe five within that first week of like what people thought like you know was it was going on in The Shining, what the uh, ending was, like you know some of that stuff with that weird like you know was it a doppelganger thing that was going on and it was just like my god um, that film was just endlessly strange and creepy and um, there was that one bit like you know is it minor spoiler but like uh, when one of the girls disappeared and then there was that weird monster thing that showed up and it reminded me so much of that episode like uh, that moment in Full Metal Alchemist where like that dude had gone about and fused his daughter with that dog and I'm like oh I was getting horrible flashbacks it was like literally live action Full Metal Alchemist all over again like no Asobo. <laughs> I can't deal. Eduardo. Oh, that was the Eduardo. Asobo. <laughs> but yeah, no, I love like you know, was it uh, fandom when it gets deep and gritty and like uh, even if some person's like interpretation isn't like you know, I guess what the director like you was doing with it. Like it's just interesting to see people's different interpretations of what is what. And then, like, you know, just applying that to your own or, like, you know, is it just presenting something you're not overly aware of? So I'm like, oh, I like that. I like it. <laughs> totally agree. Totally agree. All right. And the next point I have in the list is the uh, other side of discussion is, like, you know, when you're, like, uh, debating differing opinions about, like, film, how when you're at least talking with someone who has, like, you know, a logical head on their shoulders... Uh, you can be cordial and you know you just be able to debate things in a like you know sensible manner um now i used to be like you know was it one of those uninformed dummies who used to like uh talk about filming college like i knew what, what the hell i was talking about so uh there was this one point where me and my friend were discussing like you know was it the um the scientific realism of like uh sunshine mm. and um that film at the time was one of like you know was it the most interesting films I'd seen at the time but like you know obviously everyone says that that film sort of gets a little weird after like you know the weird burnt man shows up and I'm just like that dude is freaking weird and it just turns into some weird like what it's weird slasher horror thing going on towards the end of that movie and when they end up having to like you know was it reignite the sun and like you know was it uh do people say Killian Murphy or Cillian Murphy? I'm not S- sure. Um, before I said Cillian, but then, like, I think it's Killian? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I know how you Brits say it. I don't know. I've heard it said both <laughs> ways. So, like, I can feel like there's going to be at least someone saying, Oh, you're saying the name American. wrong. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, you know, was it Killian Murphy? We're going to go with that. When he was standing in front of the sun, like, you know, my friend was just arguing, Oh, yeah, that's not realistic. Oh, that wouldn't work in real life. And I'm like, But it's science fiction. Like, you know, implied word fiction here. So, like, while it's implying real life at the same time like you know this exists in a world where this doesn't apply to the real world but he wasn't having any of it and while if i was if i'd given myself about maybe another five to ten years i would have been able to argue my point better but i'm just like it's fiction it doesn't have to entirely be like you know was it realistic but he was not having it and we had a very heated debate for at least i don't know 30 minutes we almost fell out for a little bit during that afternoon so i'm like over sunshine it was just it's one of the sort of things where you know is it you're just arguing about stupid things and it's just like you know what this is this is a moot point we're just gonna you know i don't know though like you could have chosen a better uh (laughs) show than like like okay i'm just gonna go full film nerd here um when i saw the trailer for sunshine i didn't want to watch it because like back when i was 11 yeah, I'm old. Um, I saw this Australian film in 1992 called Solar Crisis. Right. Total direct-to-video, same exact plot with a lower budget. Um, 
full-on full frontal nudity in a PG-13 movie. But um, of course, that's why I watched it when I was 11. Um, but yeah, like same story. There was a solar flare coming to Earth. I think that's more of a plot to the core. But um, they, they took um, they took a spaceship to try to divert the you know that solar flare. And I go like, that's the exact same story as Sunshine. And then like, it, it took a bunch of my friends to drag me into this film, and it, you know, like I was out of it even before the Birdman showed up. But I do agree, yeah, the Bird, yeah, Hugo Weaving as the Birdman was kind of weird. Yeah, <laughs> very strange. And I was like, uh. yeah. <laughs> but really, it's the core in space. That's what sunshine is. Yeah. <laughs> For the record. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, I've definitely noticed now since like you know college and uh, well since university actually, and after that. The amount of conversations I've had with people just about film, like, you know, that at least, you know, they know film well enough that, like, uh, you can have a differing opinion to theirs, but they will argue their point, but not be a douche about it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, you could just have, like, you know, as it say, some one of my mates, he doesn't like the Marvel movies. Um, he thinks that they're repetitive. I'm like, okay, I can see where you're coming from, but here's where I can counter that. But you can see my point of view about it, and it's just like, oh, that's cool. Like, you know, it can at least meet me halfway. Or, like, you know, we can agree to disagree, but it doesn't turn into, like, you know, was it uh, fighting to the death? You know, yeah. at least verbally, anyway. So, yeah. I have a friend um, whose name is also Vincent. <laughs> um, I love Pacific Rim, it's a guilty pleasure. I even watched the second movie. I didn't like the second movie as much, but no. the first movie. Oh my god, it's just like that, you know, that mecha movie yeah. in live action. Mm. First five minutes, I got the Evangelion, like, goosebumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just going, wow, like, I'm gonna love this movie. I did agree that the end kind of, like, fizzled out, but this guy, he hated Pacific Rim. Like, he felt that it disrespected the whole Godzilla kaiju thing but I'm just like well you know um, then I started explaining my point of view without losing my crap because yeah. I really love this movie uh -huh. while I did admit that the last part really fizzled out yeah for the record <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh, he agreed to take a second look at it we were both cordial um, he still didn't like it in the end but um, you know we didn't get into a fist fight yeah and that's always the best thing I mean like you know if you can at least find that like uh that moment where you could just like, okay, I see your point of view. We're not gonna fight about it. Like, you know, is it agree to disagree and just like you know move on to something else? That's great. Um, but um, yeah, like just just one last thing. Yes, I did get into a fight with a really close friend over Sword Art Online, and like, I'm gonna rescind my last thing that I said. Why pick a fight about Sunshine? But like, Sword Art Online, <laughs> it's not worth it. It's a shit anime. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the next topic I have in here is like. Um, with um, again talking about general film discussion, but one of my favorite things is like uh, when you meet someone that's into films. One of the first things I ask them is like, "Oh yeah, like you know, was it um, you share like you know, was it what's your first like you know film you saw as a kid, or like you know, was it um, your favorite film memories?" So like uh, you know, whether it's like you know early memories or like you know going to the cinema. Like for instance, when someone asks me, "Oh yeah, what's your favorite film memories?" Like watching like uh, what Predator Two, Aliens, and like you know was it Terminator? Like uh, with my dad and like. Um, so yeah, like my dad introduced me to like basically action sci-fi when I was younger. So the reason I know about like, you know, Arnie and Stallone is because my dad was showing me all these movies. So, you know, I have very fond memories of Terminator 2, which is in like, what, my top 10? Um, Predator, I love that. Aliens, um, 
that was like something else when I was younger. My dad kept telling me like, you know, to close my eyes when things got more graphic, but at the same time, I saw it just peaked anyway. I watched Aliens with my eyes closed the whole time. The only thing I remember was like the last part. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like my eyes were closed, literally. Yeah. All I could, like, I remember the screams and yeah. game over, man. Yeah, that, yeah. that scarred me for life. Um, I should watch it again. It still holds up pretty well, man. Like um, it's, it's that and Thundercats. Thundercats like scarred me for life. Every time Mumra transforms, oh right, like, yeah. I think I still get nightmares. Well, that dude is creepy in general. <laughs> I don't like the look of him anyway. He's he's funky. Or um, you know, when you're talking about certain films and like you know, you end up saying, oh, this is like you know how I felt when I saw this. Like um, like when I went to see uh, going back to Marvel again because it's just easy. Going to see mm-hmm. the Avengers with my best mate, like because uh, we attempted to. Um, watch all five of the then phase one movie before the Avengers came out but we only got through I think was it three and a half because we got to about like uh, Captain America first Avenger and then started falling asleep and then uh, no I, I hear you oh no I you, you watched Thor before that yeah, that, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so the funny thing is actually no I think we made it halfway through four fell asleep and then we got through Captain America drifted and then we woke up towards the end when um, Cap woke up and it was like you know the teaser before the Avengers came out it's like oh okay well luckily we timed it so we were literally just getting ready to leave the house and then go watch Avengers and mm-hmm. I remember we watched it in a really crappy little cinema so the screen was stupidly small but I remember was it watching that with my friend and like you know the hype we felt it was palpable and we were just sat there in the seats like you know just um, sitting there like you know as the credits were rolling before Thanos shows up in the post credits just like that was a freaking experience I've never felt like you know just something so universally just like it, it, it was a shock to the system just because like there was a lot of people thinking at the time that like you know uh, Marvel just win and all that wouldn't pull it off and I'm just like and you watched the first Iron Man yes in this big screen yes okay let, let's just go back how did you feel when um, you know the post credits like when oh, Sam Jackson showed up god <laughs> man you know what actually that was my first moment of true movie hype like um now, I will admit, like, you know, was, I was a dumb person back then, like, you know, well, a little bit before that, because that was before I started studying film, so I still, like, I enjoyed the Star Wars prequels, oh, mainly yeah. just, like, what, episode one and, like, three, because Attack of the Clones, even at 12 years old, I knew that film was pants, but, um, you know, was it at least some of the more darker elements they incorporated in Revenge of the Sith was cool, but I remember watching, like, um, Iron Man, and this was after the time I had started playing Marvel about Lions, so this is when I was starting to get like a lot of my additional Marvel knowledge on, and my uncle was sending me stuff in Canada. So when I saw Sam Jackson, I'm like, oh my god, it's Nick Fury. He's like, I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers this year. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I was literally just there, and I think was it my sister didn't know what was going on like when I went to see it with her. And um, I went to see it with my two mates from college, so like at least two of us who were probably into Marvel was like, are you talking about the Avengers? My god. <laughs> so I was just like, Wow, that was something else. So yeah, that, that was. What's the time to be alive? Two thousand seven, eight, and nine. The, like I, I don't know. Like those, those were like the years where summer movies were just, wow. Like now it's back to normal. But then yeah, like yeah. those three years were just like wow. Like summer movies, they're back. Summer movies are back. Yeah, I man. Feel like a twelve-year-old again. No, definitely. Like um, and then like uh, watching District Nine the year after. Oh like, yeah. Um, I love oh, that yeah. movie. I wasn't even sure what to expect. I saw the trailers, but like to see like that sort of documentary style, like you know, as it implemented in this film, and to see in the journey of like you know, was it Shato Copley's character, whose name I forgot, um, and yeah, the way that film just panned out, especially towards the end, I'm like, freaking hell, that was mm-hmm. that was something else. I really hope that like um, 
damn, I forgot the name of that director, but I really hope he makes something good again because, like, each... Oh, don't talk about that film was so annoying. You mean, you mean uh, South African Robocop? Oh, God, I mean, the, the motion capture and the CGI when used was really good, but I hated every character in that movie. You know what I like, though, about Chappie? What's that? Four PS4s will make you immortal. <laughs> Damn, I forgot all about that, Jesus. But, um, yeah, where was I going with this? So, yeah, no, I just enjoyed a conversation. Neil Blancamp. Oh, yeah, there we go. And I still wanted to see what he was going to do with the Alien movie. But at the same time, I'm still sort of What do you wearing. think of Elysian? Um, a half-good movie. Or at least an interesting movie. Oh, that, that is true. It's not bad. It's just not that good. I don't know. <laughs> but Chappie was pants. And I don't think I'll ever watch it again. <laughs> Send that thing to the... I don't understand people that say, oh, I really like Chappie. It's a really good movie. What there movie were, were parts, you watching? Yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> um, Short Circuit, really done badly. Oh, right. <laughs> but no, he, like, he set off to make Short Circuit. Yeah. And then he ended up with uh, Half-Ass Robocop. All right. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah I think uh, like some fans would be pissed off. But I do like cer- certain moments of it. Um, when Dev Patel was talking about, you know, was being really real at that one scene. I thought it was going to be a better movie after that yeah, but yeah. then that's when uh, you know the burnt man from sunshine showed up <laughs> and screwed everything up oh god <laughs> that would have made it way more interesting anyway oh my god oh christ but yeah no um, <laughs> but yeah no uh, just general fun time conversation about like you know first memories or childhood memories like uh, I just love to talk about that kind of what, stuff. What, how old were you when you first watched Robocop uh, oh god I don't know, because I'm sure I must have seen that as a kid at some point, but I don't think I watched that film properly until I was about maybe 17. Um, so I was uh, eight years old. My dad watched the film with his buddies, mm. didn't give me any context, took me to it the next day, and I'm like, then I was treated to a nice little, like, torture porn, Peter, Peter Weller getting <laughs> shot to pieces. And, you know, like, um, my dad, I love him, but then, like, he seriously... He seriously screwed my childhood <laughs> But yeah, Robocop was a fun time, you know? Then you watch him go around killing off his killers, you know? Like, I finally learned the term catharsis oh. until I figured out what it really meant 20 years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, that's crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, like, I still love the ultraviolence in that movie. It's just like, was it Ed 209? Like, you know, was it... Oh, yeah. When he comes in, he just shoots the hell out of that dude and, like, you know, they're trying to, like, tell him to stop. ED, like, Ed... Something, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I'm like, that dude is crazy. Just the way that dude gets shot up in that boardroom, yeah, like, know, right. freaking hell, that was a mess. <laughs> I mean, I remember watching that, and I was a teenager at the time, like, you know, so this is only like what 12 ish years ago, but oh, totally. seeing now, I'm like, wow, this is still just crazy as hell. Oh, what a mess. <laughs> um, one other thing about, like, you know, is it pros I like in uh, film fandom is like uh, the hype surrounding trailers. Oh, totally. Um, the I did an episode ages ago, like um, about like you know a hype versus anticipation. Which one is better? And uh, while I'm not sure, I actually came to a uh, a consensus about which one I preferred. It was always just cool. Like um, there's always something fun about like you know just the hype and the marketing campaign for like when a film comes around. Um, whether it's like a, you know just one of those sort of trailers that just blow up from like you know just uh, word of mouth or something that's just thrown in your face, but it's really cool anyway. And you're just like what is this I need to see this and then I need to tell other people to see this because it looks cool as crap uh, I love that I mean when did um, trailers become a thing online like, cause, like I'm totally old school I love 
I love trailers when they show up in movies, especially if, if it's a surprise. Yeah. You know, like, oh my god, it's coming out. I think the last time that really happened was 10 years ago, 2009. Mm. After that, like, somebody goes, oh, the trailer for this dropped. And I go, like, but I want to wait till it comes out in the trailers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want that feeling <laughs> right, of right. surprise. But mm. no, not anymore. Like, I don't know. Like, um, I may disagree with that a bit. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, like, I know it works for a lot of people. And I don't want to... Um, dismiss that yeah but yeah personally like I like seeing a trailer in the theaters and being surprised by it oh no I totally understand that like sometimes it is just great when you go into a screening and I always try to get in during the uh, trailer time just because like I'm, I'm curious to see what's gonna be on um, and luckily in like the last like couple years I've sort of like tried to um, pull myself away from watching like trails online just because like if I watch them online, then I'll normally find them in the, in the cinema, and the annoying thing is by that point I've seen it already, so then I end up seeing it like how many extra times I'm just like, ugh. Um, but yeah, no, sometimes I'm just there and I've got my headphones on because just to avoid certain, like, you know, was it adverts or, uh, you know, trailers, I'll just stick, stick my headphones on, but then I, something catches my eye, I'm like, oh, let me turn off my podcast and see what this is, and I'm like, oh, okay, this wasn't on my radar, I'm gonna watch this now. Um, yeah, no, it's just, I just find it interesting when there is like a, just something that catches your eye. And while trailers these days are obviously a lot more manufactured, there's not really as much style put into it. The choice of music sometimes irritates me because there's always some dumb trailer that shows up every once in a blue moon that has like some sort of stupid cover of a popular song, but it's all moody. And I'm just like, oh, there was one of a Coldplay song, which I can't remember which film it was for. It's not just like movie trailers, even like TV series. Mm. Game of Thrones is a big offender of that. Oh, every God. season, they'll have like some happy song with like a moody whatever. Um, yeah. yeah. I get you. Yeah, and like um, all their just stupid songs in general. The two worst offenders that I found for this, actually no, three. Um, <laughs> the three films that I found that like you know was it ended up being I think was it better than I expected, but they were stuck because of their like you know film uh, trailers was um, Dread, um, Edge of Tomorrow especially, and um, Terminator: Dark Fate. Like uh, because. Dread I wasn't overly interested in. I mean, I was interested in seeing, like, you know, a reboot of Judge Dread, but I was like, those trailers weren't that good. The movie ended up being a lot better than I expected, and I'm like, this film would have fared better if the trailers didn't suck. Edge of Tomorrow was even worse. I don't know if you remember the music that was used in that first trailer, but it was the most horrible, dumb thing I've ever heard. It was just some guy in the background just like, this is not the end. I'm like, what is this trash, man? It was... Also always, like... They, they, they put like this echo that you hear after like an explosion oh. and then that's when they drop that moody whatever it is yeah, yeah. and then like oh, and I swear it must have been like the same marketing team for Terminator Dark Fate because that first trailer had the worst stupid line in there just some guy like I'm going hunting I'm like what the crap I didn't even see that trailer you're so lucky because <laughs> annoyingly I'm in the cinema enough where I'm there just when trailers go on and I'm just like oh no it's this thing again I'm like sometimes like the podcast I'm listening to isn't loud enough so I can still hear the stupid music over it I'm like oh. but it's funny that you mentioned those three movies I I did hate all the trailers but I loved the movies when I watched them same with Wanted same with Doctor Sleep. Oh, same right. with like so many other things. Like sometimes the trailer, Kick Ass. 
that too. Oh, wow. The first Kick-Ass. Like, yeah, I hated yeah. the trailers. But then, like, you know, like, then you watch the movie and they're actually really good. I don't understand it. Like, Us, for example. Us, no, Us. Um, her. Yeah. Her, when it came out, I was crying. I was literally, like, crying my eyes off. It really spoke to me. Yeah. Then yeah. I watched the film and I go, what the fuck? <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, um, some people love the film. Like, the first time I watched it, I was kind of okay with it. The yeah. second time, I was... But yeah, like, trailers, sometimes it has a reverse effect. That's why I try not to watch trailers. Yeah. Especially if I like the film. Like, no. if I want to watch that film, like, like, I stay away from the trailers. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I, I just normally stick to, like, one trailer, like, the first, and I'll normally just avoid everything else now. Because um, I think, like, you know, some, and I highlight some in, like, the biggest inverted commas ever, some people are at least a little bit smarter now about like you know hiding like you know their movies because there was that period especially around 2014 where <laughs> the they like to show everything like yeah basically you know spider-man amazing spider-man 2 again show the whole bloody movie in there they even the did. end of the bloody movie in that trailer <laughs> i remember watching that movie and i'm like that's the shot from the end of the movie i'm like what sort of trash is this but anyway like my two two of my favorite examples of trailers i liked was um for Infinity War when that came around because that was uh, a nice teaser you had like you know shots of like some of this chaos going on some shots of like you know the Avengers in like you know good situation bad situation Spider-Man showing up in like you know was it the Iron Spider suit at least a film version of it quick um, question yeah you don't feel ripped off that the Hulk was in that running scene oh <laughs> you know what yeah like um, this is like a part of an ongoing discussion amongst like film people where they're just like oh yeah you know shots that were in the trailers that aren't actually in the film like some people like I remember was pissed about that I was like oh he wasn't in the battle for Wakanda that's weird but I got over it I don't I felt I was like okay Marvel like you know getting a little crafty about like you know what they want us to expect from these films and I appreciate a little bit of misdirection I don't mind that um but I know there's a lot of Hulk fans that, like, you know, especially now, they like to bitch about, like, you know, Hulk was misused in the Avengers movies. They would just sh shit on the character, like, you know, it's the worst thing ever. Smart Hulk. More like... I can't even think of a really stupid, dumb name. I don't know. 90s Hulk was, like, I I didn't take it to the internet and ruin some person's day. But, um, <laughs> like, I wasn't happy with it, but I kept it to myself. Yeah. And the thing <laughs> is, like, I thought, like, um... Okay, you know, I'm, I'm side, I'm sidebarring for a quick second here. Like with Hulk, at least, like you know, was it? I understood and sort of like where they were going, at least with the Ed Norton one, for about half the movie. Mm -hmm. But then everything else after, like you know, was it that um, action sequence at like what that university or something when he took Betty away after he uh, beat up like um, all those military dudes and like you know, uh, yeah. Eli Roth got kind of beat up. That was funny. Um, but yeah, the end of that movie was just trash. The fight between him and Abomination was just super dark, bad choreography, and I still at the same time people that say, "Oh, that was such a great movie." I'm like, "What did we Never mind. But yeah, with the first Avengers film, I thought they did a pretty good job with like Mark Ruffalo. He had like the smarts, but he was until he started spoiling movies. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing was that when we got to like you know Age of Ultron, they started changing a few things about how he had control of the Hulk, and then they did that weird thing like you know with that love interest with like a uh, Black Widow, which I was like. Uh. Age of Ultron was one of the weaker ones. Yeah, um, and I thought it was interesting at least to have like. Um, Banner side, uh, Hulk sidebarred for like you know the first like you know Avengers like uh, Avengers three because yeah he got beat up so I'm not surprised he didn't want to come out because he didn't because he you know he got fucked but mm -hmm. um 
while I was interested in like the concept of Smart Hulk, because I'm like, oh, they're doing one of those interesting things from the comics. The way in which he was utilized in that movie, I can understand some people's misgivings about it, especially during that final battle. He was just there running along with everybody else, but he didn't actually smash much. So yeah, Ant Man was doing the smash. Yeah, yeah, like it's crazy when Ant Man is doing more damage than the Hulk. That's, that's what a time to be alive. But um, yeah, okay, going back to the topic at hand. Um, the other trailer I really liked, which has stuck with me for a while, was uh, the trailer, the first trailer for Logan, where mm. they used um, the um, that Johnny Cash song. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm a Kurt. sucker for like you know, was it a good choice of uh, music for trailers? Totally. But I have never seen a film, uh, a film trailer, so perfectly communicate exactly what a film is going to be, and it had the tone and everything down. Every time I saw that trailer. I didn't care what was happening. I always stopped my music and watched it. I was like, this trailer might be one of my favorite trailers for like what the last 10 plus years. It was just perfectly articulated. It had the feels. I was feeling good about the movie. And the thing is, I really liked the movie in the end. While the trailer led certain things for me to like assume was going to happen and it didn't transpire the way in which I expected. So that was like just part of some of my own like nitpicks about the movie. At the same time, I really enjoyed it. But I think part of what got me on board with it was that trailer it was mm-hmm. just so well done I'm like why doesn't anybody articulate trailers like this but then like you know, I don't know yeah, um, yeah Comic Con also like that's one of the times where I open myself up to watching trailers online oh yeah um, of course yeah I have a I have a personal rule that I don't I wait for it in the theaters yeah yeah um, but Comic Con it's you know it's like it, that's the Part where I cheat, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where I uh, become a hypocrite for like a week and go, yeah, that's awesome, yeah, yeah, I'm waiting for that one, yeah, that's pretty cool, <laughs> and then go back to, no, no, I don't watch trailers on the internet, <laughs> no, I don't do that. Oh, nice, that's great. Um, okay, can we get to the juicy ones now? Oh, okay, you know what? I can like I can skip the other one because this point was sort of part of the last one. We got one more good point, then we can right. get to like you know the filthy stuff. <laughs> the um, filthy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, the last one is sort of like um, when you used to discuss films I like forming bonds through films or I like read it as forming boobs through films <laughs> okay like uh, that can be cut <laughs> yeah well it's fine we can we can say whatever was going on but yeah no forming bonds through film and just like univer- unified love of like something like um, mm-hmm. one thing like you know whether you're like you know really into sports or music or video games there's just something fun about being part of like you know just a community that's all on the same page regardless of what tier you're on or where like you know what genre you're into it's just that it's nice when you can just be like on the same page with someone just chatting about movies and there's just a good vibe about it uh, I love that but um yeah no um Every time, like, uh, when I was working, uh, when I was volunteering at VIF, like, you know, the uh, Vancouver International Film Festival, the amount of people I got to chat to, the volunteer-wise, that, like, you know, all um, into movies and stuff, we were just talking about random stuff here and there. Um, one guy who was, like, really big into the Harry Potter films, because he, he's a, is a fair bit younger than I am, but he saw them at a certain age, so it connected with him, and I was saying the same rule apply for me, because I was uh, pretty much at the perfect age. Like, uh, I'm not too... I'm the same age as like uh, Emma Watson because her birthday is like what I think was it a week after mine. Yeah, I, I checked you. The, <laughs> I checked up the dates. I but, hate um, you, <laughs> but yeah, they were all around like you know was it sort of ten slash eleven when those movies started coming out. 
So I was 11 when the first Harry Potter film came out, and the last one came out in 2011. So I was 21. So I grew up over that 10-year gap. So I feel like I was in that sort of perfect transitional age when all those films are coming out. And there's just something nice where you can just relate to someone on the level where it's just like, you experience the same thing that I did, or like in a, in a certain similar way. And it's like, you can feel certain things that I felt like, you know, like, I can relate to those characters, or I know what else, like when they were going through that stuff and like uh, blah, 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 blah. And you know, was it when you watch the first film, do you just like, I enjoyed this as a kid, but I can't watch back, watch those films now because like, you know, they're a little too childish. So you can only go for the darker stuff, like as the story starts progressing, when Voldemort comes back, you know, some more of the uh, more adolescent stuff goes on and death is happening. That makes it just speak to like, you know, the more like, you know, is it weird side of me that just likes to see darker material in general? But no, um, it's just fun, like uh, just to talk about films or just find someone whether you, they look at your shirt and they can see that, you know, I don't know, you got like a Predator on there, like, you know, is it you're really into like, you know, the Friday the 13th movies? It's cool, man. I saw someone who I work with wearing a, a t-shirt. It's like the Carpenters. <laughs> oh. But then uh, it had like crazy cosmic horror shit on it. Oh, and I wow. was like, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> and then like she looks at me and she goes, you get it. And they go, yeah, I get it. And then there's this like weird connection. Uh, I don't talk to her like often, but then that one moment, like that unified love for uh, film, is uh, you know, it's the same thing. Like the same way that I met your uncle. Like we all worked at a, you know, at a movie theater. Yeah, yeah. And I've only worked there for a month because uh, there was this incident with nacho cheese. But the, I digress. <laughs> we met each other about five years later, and uh, we've been good friends since. Yeah, man, that's great. Like, uh, again, just, it's interesting wherever you find, like, you know, people, like, uh, once you get into a film discussion, it just all, all sorts of sets, sets off, like, you know, whether it's in class or sometimes you're just out in the street sometimes. Like, you know, I've ran into a lot of random people just in, like, you know, since I moved over here in Canada and, like, you know, just sparking up conversation about random stuff. And then, like, you know, when film starts or, or video games, like, well, I can tell you about this. And then we'll just go off on, a, like, you know, a little tangent for a while. But, nah, like, film is just one of those sort of things that, like any form of interest, once you find that common interest, you could just go off and like, you know, like, like a snowball down a hill and just keep rolling forever. So I love it. Some good stuff. It's good stuff. All right. So now it's time to go to the other side of it. Like, you know, that wonderful side of discussion, which is dark. So we're talking about the cons of film fandom. And I feel like this area could get really deep, really quick. I feel like I'd be dig into the center of the earth with this but like uh i'll try to keep it as like uh as short as possible as concise as need be but like okay so i think it won't be deep i think it'll just be like a bunch of shallow discussion that really go deep yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so here we go um the first topic is you know debates that devolve into like you know basically like you know verbal abuse now I've been part of like you know was it the video game fandom for like you know as long as I can remember so I've seen like you know was it at least back before social media was as notable as it was we mainly just had like forums for you to go about and like you know moan oh and bitch about things so remember when flaming was the thing oh god <laughs> wow uh, yeah that's taking me back um, so being part of like the video game fandoms of like uh, Sonic, Zelda and Final Fantasy three of the most notable fan bases who have like you know is it really bitchy whiny and like inconsistent like you know was it people running around saying what they want and don't want for a franchise Final Fantasy 7 sucks <laughs> <laughs> no please I'm picking I, a fight <laughs> 
Oh no, my my podcast is done. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. But yeah, no, um, especially being part of the Sonic fan base, which is my favorite. We'll get to like that Sonic movie later on. But you know, was it everybody like? I can understand it. Like you know, everybody feels passionate about like you know, was it what they like? But at the same time, there are you know, was it people with differing opinions that come out. And, you know, there are people that are just trying to, like, you know, just have a civil conversation. But there's people that I think are just out there looking for a fight. Because mm-hmm. they're just like, any time that there's an opinion that doesn't match with their own, they're just like, you're saying what, mate? What should I? Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling oh, a cold. Oh, God. I'm feeling a cold. Oh, you're terrible. Um, but, yeah, no, it's just... Um, Come Marvel. Um, oh, God. Allergies. Oh, you're going to kill me. Um... <laughs> But yeah, no, I have uh, been part of those conversations. And before, I'd say, maybe 2015-ish, I used to engage in those conversations and just try to say, like, okay, well, this is why I believe you're wrong. And I try to be nice about it. But then there's just some people that's just like, well, you're wrong. And I'm like, well, what, do you, what else do you have to say? Well, you're just wrong. I'm like... Well, what else do you have? Like, what, what do you have to back up your claims? Or it's like, well, the film, well, the film shit in it. And I'm like, I don't want to talk to you right now. I'm like, oh, you're running away, yeah? Like, you know, is it because you know I'm right in it? I'm like, oh. And I've dealt with conversations like those numerous times. However, I feel like the film landscape in the last three years, especially, has become this toxic cesspool of like all sorts of ugly individuals to just say what they want. And the problem is, social media gives them the power to do so. We can all throw up our opinions online. And while it's interesting to see what certain people have to say, just because you have an opinion doesn't mean it's the correct one. And oh, oh damn, damn. Just, oh, and the only thing is, like, you know, there's so many areas that you could go about and tackle within this general department, but it's so hard to pick a certain starting point. But yeah, just in, especially if you exist on Twitter, which you really shouldn't. I mean, I'm only there just to promote my, like, material. If it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't have a Twitter, my Twitter account. But, um,. The amount of times I'm just scrolling around and some of my followers, like, you know, is it all like, you know, people that I follow are just posting random stuff and then it's just like, oh yeah, well, this is the worst form I've ever seen of the year, like, you know, blah, 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 blah. And like, their reasoning, if they do give some, is just the most BS thing ever. I'm like, did you watch the movie? Like, do you watch films in general? How much films do you watch? Like, your opinion, I don't value it. You don't have anything good to contribute to this conversation. Go away. Um, I used to engage, but now I'm just like, you know what, I'm just going to, okay, this tweet is irrelevant. I don't want to see any more of this. Or I'm just going to go back to YouTube, where, like, it's almost just about saying enough until you go into the comment section, and it's like, oh, yeah, no, I don't like this either. <laughs> but, yeah, like, Vincent, how do you feel about, like, you know, is it the concept of, like, you know, chatting and conversation that turns into, like, you know, just verbal altercations? I don't anymore. I, I don't engage. I stay away from the comment section. Yeah. Value your mental health. Seriously. It's just a movie. <laughs> I don't know. Um, nah, not, not really. It's just a movie. I understand the passion behind it. But it's becoming... Um, it's like talking to a three-year-old sometimes. And the thing is, like, um, since you're all hide Like, you're all... Sorry. A lot of people are hiding behind the anonymous uh, screen of the internet. Oh, right. Cool. Um, yeah. They can just say whatever you want. And sometimes it's like talking to a three-year-old. It's like, I think I think this, like, you know, like you just say something of an unpopular opinion. It's like, oh, I think this film is boring. And then you get a reply. It's like, no, you're boring. <laughs> and you go, okay, well, nice chat. Nice talking to you. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, for the sake of my mental health. Like sometimes I just talk to friends that I know about films that I love. It's starting to become to a certain point where um, the things that we love is starting to become like religious beliefs. Like, yeah. you know, we, we keep it to ourselves because it's such an unpopular opinion that um, what you get doxxed because uh, you like the last Jedi like it's not worth it or you, you know like you lose a friendship because uh, you liked sunshine I don't know like <laughs> it's I don't understand it I don't understand like the the fervor like regarding that there just like earlier like I commented on Kurt's uh, Pokemon post. <laughs> Oh god! Going like it's guys, it's, it's Pokemon. It's you know, I can't, I can, I can name like ten. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't understand like what's this Dexit going on? Like yeah. the next day, like if if you if you don't like that new Corgi Pokemon, would you not get a job? <laughs> what would be, I don't know. Like I really don't understand it sometimes. Um, I have a friend who's um really rooting for. Uh, the Rise of Skywalker to just fail so that everything in Disney would fail and he publicly said that he would like pirate everything on um, Disney Plus and they go you have so much time <laughs> like you have so much free time buddy like I don't know work on your novel or something yeah. <laughs> like work on a novel you said you're gonna write like five years ago instead of um, putting so much energy so much negative energy because you didn't like a movie yeah I don't know, like, if there's one thing that I would say, like, a religious belief is not to silence what you don't like about a film, but, or what you like about a film, but most, like, just silence what you think the film could be better. Like, um, this, like, why, do, I'm going on a rant here, but this friend of mine called the Game of Thrones writers, like, imbeciles, and he can write better, and I go, but they got hired for the job, and you did it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't like. Sometimes it's just ridiculous. It's just hard to talk to a lot of people these days. Um, you know, like there's the political side, and it's bleeding over to the yeah. fandom side. And that, like, the irony of all this is, we watch these things to escape. Like, why are you putting politics and like your political views because you didn't like the Last Jedi? <laughs> on the things that you step away from real world because real world can get tiring and then you politicize that too it's like guys girls humans you yeah. know I'm trying to be like you know inclusive here yeah, um, yeah it's just ridiculous sometimes no I understand and like you know is it um, just yeah like so Going off of one of the things you said before, like, you know, another point I have is, like, you know, some people just fear to share their opinions online because of potential backlash because of, like, uh, certain people on the internet. And yeah, you get doxxed for, like, liking Sunshine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, for me, like, um, I've noticed in the last few years, um, obviously, like, Marvel films, like, I hate to keep going back to them, but, like, there is a big spotlight on them right now just because yeah. they are the most, cons well, I'd say, for the most part, most consistent franchise that's ongoing, continuously having new movies in there. Um, there's a lot of people that like to hate on the Marvel movies now. Some people that have valid criticism and those yeah. that like, you know, just hate the Marvel movies because I guess they are the only major superhero. Scorsese. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, 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 I don't know. Oh, I feel a cough coming. Oh, yeah. But yeah, no. Um, okay, so here we got a nice little example. Captain Marvel, the big... <laughs> 
shitstorm that now was <laughs> back in uh, May. No, March, sorry. Like, you know, my concept at the time is awful. But yeah, no, back in March, I almost didn't want to share my opinion on there because there was a discussion going on there which was just so messy. Now, I am going to be very careful with my words here. However, I'm going to phrase it like this. Captain Marvel for me was like, you know, at best, all right. I feel like... <laughs> That, like I like that opinion. Here's the thing: I sort of look at it the same way that I do with uh, the Tomb Raider movie that came out last year. Although I have much stronger feelings about that movie because I feel like as an ad- adaptation, there was movie, there were people like talking about that. Oh well, yeah, that movie showed up. Yeah, and that film. I like, did. I did like Alicia Vikander as yeah. an actress, but um, hey, you had to remind me that movie existed. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Annoyingly, that film had like a lot of like you know the well, some of the key elements of the game, but they took about took out a good chunk of all the cool shit from there, and simplified it, added on a whole load of unnecessary characters, and then tried to tack on like you know some sort of sequel bait towards the end. And I'm like, this film hasn't earned that. Like, but you know, never mind. Like I, again, I look at like a uh, Tomb Raider and like Captain Marvel in the same sort of breath, where. Uh-oh. It was Uh-oh. A- tread, tread very carefully. <laughs> In the sense that, like, uh, both films were fine for what they were, but I found them incredibly bland. And Captain Marvel, for me, personally, was just the most... Yeah, I would say bland. Bland. Bland would just be the word. There was nothing significant about the movie to me. Just... The story, like, you know, on paper sounded interesting, but I feel like its execution was off. The action sequences were by the numbers. There was nothing overly unique about that. And while I'm probably one of the biggest defenders of, like, the Marvel music when it comes to film scores and stuff like that, and I feel like some of those films, like, don't get the recognition that they deserve, the Captain Marvel film, like, just doesn't have any significant music. And even with theme songs, I'm able to at least pick them out. I could tell you what the theme songs were for uh, Iron Man 3, Ant-Man, obviously the Avengers, and like, you know, the first Thor movie, and even like, you know, the uh, recent stuff that was done with Black Panther as well. That kind of stuff all had a very unique sound to it, or at least I had a theme song that I could hum. Captain Marvel had nothing. Da, da, da. Oh, should I go on? <laughs> um, so yeah, no, um, here's a question. Yeah. Which is worse, Suicide Squad or Captain Marvel soundtrack? Oh. Am I picking a fight here? I think I'm picking a uh, fight. You know what? You know what? <laughs> Even though I found, like, you know, is it Captain Marvel, like, you know, ultimately a unf- uh, uh, forgettable movie, which I probably won't watch again. Um, I think Suicide Squad just offended me more <laughs> because that trailer looked like fun, but I didn't think it was a smart idea to get the trailer people to re-edit that movie and then just turn it into, like, um, you know, random comic book characters with, you know, was it, you know, throwback soundtrack. Like, you know, here's a whole lot of popular songs in random situations with really dodgy editing, story that doesn't really make much sense, poor use of certain characters, why was Slipknot in that movie at all? And terrible villain, why are the Suicide Squad going up against, like, you know, this random, like, you know, was it... I thought the villain, I thought, I thought the villain was, like, the writer. <laughs> oh god okay so I'm going on a mini tangent here I'm literally just getting away from the main point <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
happens, it happens. But anyway, like but I, no, yeah. yeah. I mean, what I'm getting at is just um, what's the point again? With <laughs> just sharing my opinion about Captain Marvel because there was a lot of people online that oh, yeah. swore that the film was great, and any person who didn't like the mm. movie was like some sort of misogynistic, like you know, was it man child who didn't want female females, like you know, in their superhero films, and that couldn't be further from the truth. Like, well, what about a, Wonder Woman? The Wonder Woman is a good movie. Yeah, and I was it's, again, it's one of the sort of things I pointed to. Like, Wonder Woman didn't like you know set my soul on fire, but the film ended up being a lot better than I expected it to be, and I just felt like that film just treated its character and its world a lot better than like Captain Marvel was. I feel like. For all the stuff I know about Captain Marvel in the comics, she just seemed like a lot more interesting on paper than she was on screen. She was just a little meh. And I liked Brie Larson and a good few other movies that I saw. I saw Room just before that film came out. The Room? Oh, no, not that one. Like, you know, You're the- tearing me apart, Lisa. <laughs> Man, Tommy was no, so in an MCU, that would be no. fun. Yeah, but, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, I just thought like... Uh, I, the reason I said the film was okay online is because the amount of females that were just looking for any person, especially if you're a dude, like yeah. you know, to say that the film was like you know anything less than good, you were they were ready to roast you alive. The same thing with the whole Ghostbuster situation beforehand, and I just I didn't want. It's not watch. as bad with Ghostbusters though. Like, um, but yeah, well, Captain Marvel went on a different tangent. Well, I'm going to go on a different tangent since I'm not going to talk about Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about Crazy Rich Asians. I read at a New York Times article. Yeah. Uh, someone actually said, personally, I feel that like Crazy Rich Asians is a, you know, by the numbers, romantic comedy. And yeah. you can't really do much with a romantic comedy unless you, you make another Annie Hall. Like, 500 Days of Summer is personally probably like the last like romantic comedy. I'd say like kind of shook up the genre but you know you can't really do much with romantic comedies these days yeah but yeah like they did a good romantic comedy but does it stand out is it like a a different film if you you know take out all the Asians in it no it's the same story as everything else um middle class girl meets a rich boy and uh they fall in love and you know like the money and the class that gets in the way duh it's um Mm -hmm. classic romantic rom-com category yeah but it has Asians in it. And uh, the New York Times article does mention that um, we need more mediocre by the numbers movies. Because um, if we're always, you know, putting up amazing Asian films and, you know, we don't put up mediocre films, people will always expect great things from us. We need the mediocre films out. I don't know why the Captain Marvel fans. Well, just like take it as a like it's a like it's a mediocre movie. There, I said it. Um, but like, just take it. We, the, we, like, Wonder Woman is a great film. You know, it's 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 a film about women. Like, Captain Marvel is a great film. Room is a great like you know, Room is a great film. Captain Marvel is a mediocre movie. We need more mediocre movies because that's what representation is. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, like we got the Medea films, but nobody gives the Medea films any shit. <laughs> yeah, that film has a strong fan base that just come out for that yeah. every time. Like, yeah, like, they all come out for that. Like, that's what, that's what, like, any, you know, category needs a mediocre film. Because when people can accept that, you know, some some films have mediocre films, it's an accepted way to go. Yeah, yeah. And just accept it's a mediocre film and go on with that then they can make more mediocre films they can make another Captain Marvel 2 
and stop picking fights with people because like it's because of the race and gender like um wonder woman 1984 was greenlit not because of you know like whatever because wonder people want to see more wonder woman you, like before that you know how hard it was to get a wonder woman film at like what's his face uh uh, what's that guy? Avengers director? Oh, uh, Joss Whedon. Yeah. Joss Whedon tried to oh, write yeah, it. I forgot he about failed. That. And that was when was it Adrian Pilecki <laughs> was supposed to? Yeah. Be like, and that costume, I swear they put a test costume of that online or something. That looked awful. It looked awful. And what happened? Like they, they gave it to Patty Jenkins and she made a great thing about it. Come on. <laughs> but then like Wonder Woman, and then you're gonna force it. Like what what happens when you tell people <laughs> that's you know they should watch something and it's good? People will go no. So, like, be glad it's a mediocre film, and be glad that they're making more movies about about it. That means, like, it's great. Then you can have more representation. You can have more movies. We need the mediocre films. Man. And scene. <laughs> wow, that was, like, you know, a very nicely articulated point. Like, um, the other thing that I wanted to highlight just briefly is, uh, you know, was it Terminator Dark Fate? It's um, a good film. I like that movie. And, you know, the amount of people that treated that film like it was their kid that got killed <laughs> was the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my life. It's like everybody forgot about Genesis, like, you know, was it a few years ago? I feel like the ship was sunk with that movie. Um, now, you know, no, no, none of the Terminator sequels have ever been any better than Terminator 2. Everybody knows. And in my head canon, there's only technically two movies. Although, I do technically like, you know, Dark Fate, so I can accept I that. like Dark Fate. And, you know, I well, I had, like, you know, my thoughts, like, you know, written up about it, and then I was going to do, like, you know, a slash, not even a formal review. It was just going to be more of a thought slash rant about it. Just because, like I said to you beforehand, I feel like, um, you know, the Terminator films have had several different attempts to try and tell the story beyond where Terminator 2 left off. And it's ultimately failed each time. Or I haven't told a captivating enough story for me to care about where these, you know, characters are going ahead of this. I think Salvation had the best try before this to at least try and paint an interesting picture. But as interesting as, like, the setting and you know was it sort of aesthetics was it had Sam Worthington <laughs> firstly like you know was it that's when they were still choose trying to an make... accent and stick with it <laughs> they would that's when they were still trying to make that dude happen um, and obviously one of the key aspects of that film which was supposed to be a surprise in the movie was in the freaking trailer <laughs> so that was dumb and besides some interesting stuff towards the first part of the movie everything else towards the end like you know once we find out about Kyle Reese and then see like you know was it the Wii CG version of like you know Arnie superimposed into like that new version of the T-800 where I think it was the T-850 whatever like well, that, was, <laughs> that was a mess so at the time I thought the film was decent but like not great but upon further reflection like the second time I tried to watch it when it was on TV I'm like now nah, I can't do this this film is boring so then I was like, I was dumb. I thought, okay, Genesis looks pretty interesting. But then there was that whole thing with John Connor for some reason being like, you know, actually some sort of weird mutated cyborg thing. Yeah. And then we find out Skynet is like some weird like child thing. Matt Smith's apparently involved. And it reminded me um, of what's the weird child do from like Mass Effect that I think showed up towards oh, yeah, the, the yeah, game. Yeah, I, that's what I was getting flashbacks to. 
But um, yeah, Terminator Genesis was awful. The best part of that movie was the first 10 minutes where they basically recreated the first Terminator movie and then like, you know, had like elements of T2 in incorporated. But, you know, none of the cast was committed. Like, you know, it was, it was fun to see Arnie back, but that was just like, yeah, at the time. So no, that film was, that sunk the ship. But so, you're putting what's his face in it. Oh, um, he al yeah, he also killed Die Hard. Well, Die Hard. Oh pretty, yeah, my Die Hard oh, Five is pretty bad. Uh, but, uh, I don't want to talk about that movie. Like all, everything I remember about that movie is just um, Bruce Willis running around being Bruce Willis, just saying like, you know, I'm on vacation. I'm on vacation. And then there's that one part where he what is out in the street and he stops some guy in his car and he runs up to him and he's speaking to him in Russian and he just runs over and punches him in the face. He's like. Do you think I understand what the hell you're saying? I'm like, Even the aspect ratio and like how the film was shot, it felt like it was shot on like pirated, like on a, like a handheld camcorder. Uh, it was a terrible film. That film. <laughs> I do remember the bunker scene. I don't know why. <laughs> and Mary Elizabeth Winstead, because mm. it's Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Live Free or Die Hard was great. Like, um, it made me appreciate that film so much mm. more. Because me and my sister watched all four films before the new one. Yeah. Because she'd never seen anything. And, um... I think I'd only seen one at the time, so I ended up watching all, all the other ones. But yeah, no, that film was awful. And then at the end, there's that one point where like uh, Bruce, uh, Jai Courtney, and Mary Lives of Winstead are like what in the airport walking away. And there's this one point where I, don't even I remember that. I swear Bruce Willis is just doing some because I'm walking in slow motion. He sort of just does this weird thing, and it almost looks like he's doing it at the camera. So he points and like does one of the sort of like almost like a Fonz kind of like you know point, but it looks like he almost do, does it to the camera. I'm like who is he doing that to? Why is he doing this? Well, it's not. It was so dumb. That film was so dumb. But anyway. But I do remember more scenes from that film than G.I. Joe Retaliation. Oh, <laughs> I don't want to talk about that movie anymore. I don't know. I don't know. G.I. Joe. Oh. Okay, let's stop. <laughs> but yeah, basically, to summarize, sometimes I just choose not to engage in conversation anymore because yeah. I know what the outcome is going to be. There's just going to be a whole load of, like, you know, either fanboys or haters who just don't have the same opinion and they're just looking to go about and, like, they're you know, looking for it. a fight. Yeah. And then, like, I don't know, people like yourself and myself, I think we're we're okay guys, I guess. Yeah. yeah I mean, we're fine. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're cool. <laughs> yeah, we're okay. Um, you know, we just try to engage our love for film. And some films are okay. Some, we, we, we might differ in some opinions of films, but, like, Guys, it's forms of girls and everyone. Um, <laughs> it's a form of escape, and I don't know. You know, we already have so much to worry about in real life. I don't know why, like, we have to air our, our transgressions and everything else online and pick fights with people who just want to go like a movie. Like, um, I do admit that there's one point when somebody showed me like they bought something off the bargain bin and I felt it was a shitty movie and I like kind of scoffed <laughs> but um I don't know like um I, I, I regret doing that but at yeah. the same time like people people just watch films and it's, it's something that they like and you know like I, I challenge people to do better like it takes a village to make a movie it takes a lot of effort and I don't know you know like if if we didn't like it because it didn't meet expectations, well, that's the name of the game. Sometimes, you know, things get into the development hell. Sometimes the actress, you know, didn't get enough Avian. 
and you know screwed up the film or sometimes the actor is just a big egomaniac things don't go a certain way having a good film out it's nothing short of a miracle being yeah. someone who has tried making movies before it's just yeah it's a lot of work and you know like I appreciate just liking it and the, the more I the more I get older and the more I go if I don't want to watch a film I just don't want to watch a film and keep it to myself I, I don't like I just don't understand the hate like if you want to shit on Rise of the like I'm not going to watch The Rise of Skywalker not because of anything else because like I didn't even watch Revenge of the Sith because I didn't like the second movie I just like I think that's the first film in like a trilogy that I walked away from and until this day I haven't seen Revenge of the Sith and I'm glad I didn't because I have friends who tell me how shitty that movie is and now think that the original trilogy is so good and I'm just like what form of hypocrisy is this <laughs> oh man, like the whole uh... <laughs> Now here's the thing, yeah, like um I'm gonna show my age here. Like, you know, I was fifteen when like you know Ah you're was... fine, whippersnapper. Yeah, but you know, I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm gonna say this, like being like, you know, a Star Wars fan back then when you're on the younger side where your parents obviously show you the original trilogy and then you end up growing up with the new films. Like like, you know, I thought Phantom Menace was friggin' cool as shit when I was like, you know, was it nine years old? Attack of the Clones. Okay, this interview's over. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> because I was always a spectacle kid. Spectacle yeah, totally. Kid. So, okay, like, you yeah, know, yeah. was it... I like, like, you know, the more uh, hyped up, like, you know, uh, lightsaber sequences. Darth Maul looked cool. Pod racing looked cool. Oh, yeah, Darth, cool. yeah, yeah. And the music was still pretty kick-ass. Like, say what you want about the prequel trilogy, but the music was still pretty kick-ass. Oh, yeah, yeah And for me, it was the last time, like, you know, there was energy to, like, John Williams' music. Mm-hmm. Nothing he has made since, like, Revenge of the Sith, to me, has ever had, like, that kind of energy. And I've listened to, like, as many films that I knew he was part of. And even with the newer Star Wars music, there's only incremental pieces of, like, you know, music that's still pretty good in there. Nothing has that same sort of energy or consistent basis as an overall sound. But anyway, that's another thing for another song. So... Yeah, being back then, like, you know, was it liking any form of prequel movie, there was a lot of older people that were always telling you, like, you know, is it these films are pants, and this is why the original trilogy is much better. So that sort of colored my opinion, like, you know, was it back then, because I was, I guess I was afraid to have an opinion where I said I like these films. So then that made me think at the time, oh, these films are actually pants, and the original movies are much better. But then after I, like, you know, really thought about it, I'm like, you know what, no. As much as I like, you know, was it the original movies, and they have, like, you know, definitely their qualities there's certain things about the the uh prequels that i do appreciate like you know the world building some of the character stuff again the music's really cool and despite some of like the overuse of green screen and cgi some of that stuff looked really cool so you do <laughs> so yeah like uh, when it came to like the uh force awakens i was like yo man like you know was it all they need to do like uh is just make this feel like old stars and then just take the story forward and that's pretty much what they did sure the film was safe as hell and it reused a whole lot of elements, but I found it to be an enjoyable movie, and it was exactly what I needed back in 2015, just to go about and like. Wow, it's been 2015. Yep, I know. Oh my wow, days. four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been wow, like, <laughs> 2015. Yeah, baby. Take uh, that in. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this is a decent jumping-off point. I was in. I pretty much really liked the movie. It didn't blow me away, but I said to my friend at the time, "This is just what I needed." So it was a good jumping-off point. Now with the Last Jedi. I 
really appreciate the film at the time, but after thinking about it a lot more, the film just started to really piss me off. It's badly edited. <laughs> so I was it's badly like, <laughs> edited. The story's not okay. It's, it's okay. I think the story's okay, but it's badly edited. So yeah, I mean, like, I, my opinion, like, you know, I'm half and half with that movie. But anyway, um, where I'm going with this whole thing is, oh damn, I actually sort of forgot. Hold on, let me go back and get this back. Yeah, no. Oh no. Do you no. need you need time to think? Yeah, give me a second. Oh me a well, second. like uh, I'll go on my little <laughs> Star Wars thing. Like, um, okay, the f- the first Star Wars I really watched was the uh, Return of the Jedi. Oh yeah. Um, so it's the only Star War Star Wars that I, you know, I didn't get to watch Return, uh, like uh, Empire Strikes Back until like five, like ten years since oh, I wow. watched um, Return of the Jedi. So like the whole time, like, and then I watched like a hope, like a New Hope. I thought it wasn't that great because like of course you start off with the like Return of the Jedi when you were like 8 years old and you watch and you hope when you were 12 you're like yeah you kind of compare and you're a kid you didn't know yeah and then when you watch like Return, like Empire Strikes Back and you're like why did my parents forbid me from seeing this film <laughs> right because the bad guys so on <laughs> right, 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 yeah. um, and then you know like um, the new trilogy showed up and then like I kind of found it boring um and then with uh, Attack of the Clones, I felt like I was more swayed by my dad when he saw Yoda being Yoda, and then um, <laughs> he just lost all interest. Still and then, one of the funniest moments I've ever seen in a film ever. Yeah. I just thought that, everyone was laughing, and I'm like, we're not supposed to be laughing, clearly, yeah, right. but I thought that was freaking funny. And I was like a twenty-something kid. I watched films with my parents. I'm not. Yeah. Um, I'm not ashamed to say that. And my parents usually just pay for the ticket. Yeah. I didn't want to pay for Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> my parents didn't want to watch Revenge of the Sith because of Attack of the Clones. So I just, you know, I get that. No, I just, I just went with that. And then, like personally, I said, like, I probably didn't hate it as much. But um, since I love my parents, I kind of like went with that. And up to this day, I haven't seen Return of like Revenge of the Sith, and I've lost interest. I watched um, Force Awakened, and I watched uh, uh, The Last Jedi, and I didn't think it was that bad. I just found that the people I watched with was talking about, I think I think they were talking about, what's that animated series? Clone uh, Wars. Clone Wars, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think they were talking about Clone Wars, like, the whole time, and I go like, okay, did we watch the same movie? <laughs> like, I think I was more pissed off with the people that I watched with yeah. who loved it beyond its flaws I just like I really thought it was an edited movie un, like a really badly edited movie yeah. and it had pacing issues right like a story wise like I think Ryan Johnson was trying to do the same thing right. and I'm kind of biased because I'm a big Ryan Johnson fan yeah of course nice out um, <laughs> but yeah Brick Brick was a favorite of mine Looper of all its flaws it's basically that Kira movie yeah. that worked <laughs> um, and also it foreshadowed the, the rice of China <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, I I I didn't mind um, you know the last the last Jedi's like as most people would think it like it's like a really bad film. I just felt like it lacked certain things, but I didn't you know I didn't shit on it that much. But um, I don't know I don't like going back to Captain Marvel and the Last Jedi. Um, I really don't like I really have an indifferent opinion about both movies because um, I don't hate it. I don't love it either. But then the fact that I'm indifferent about it, 
there's a lot of hate towards me. Yeah, there's a lot of hate towards people who are indifferent about these movies. They're just movies. <laughs> yeah, no, like you know, you have to be black. You have to be black or white. Like you know, you can't. There's no gray in like opinions when it comes to like these things, and it sucks. So now I remember what my point was. The main thing I wanted to discuss, which was like pretty much my whole reason for doing this, is um, being part of certain fandoms. Like you know, you have like the loud voices that basically make everybody else that's part of that fandom look bad. Yeah. Um, now. Um, the vocal majority. Yeah, but and the, it's both sides, people, yeah. left and right. <laughs> now, like, um, <laughs> now mainly it's just like obviously like a lot of like you know negative people running around, running their mouths, and then it makes like you know any person from an outsider point if you look at that fandom like, well, they look like a bunch of nutcases, don't they? Like, and I'm just like. Don't lump me in with these idiots. So, again, like, you know, whether you're for or against a movie, if you have, like, you know, was it an opinion, but there's a bunch of crazies making another opinion that seems to be, like, the main voice, then everyone sort of looks to you, whether you are, like, you know, a person of logic or not, and just like, oh, you're one of them, aren't you? <laughs> nutcase, nutcase, you're one of the worst. Like, you know, is it, you're bringing this whole film fandom down. I'm like... Do not bunch me in with these people. What's wrong with you? So yeah, the main like, one of the main things, a more recent thing that's happened recently is this whole like you know thing with the uh, Sonic like uh, movie that's coming out. <laughs> now I don't know if I've made this apparent already, but then I did make a whole podcast episode about this three years ago. But Sonic the Hedgehog is my everything, despite like you know the highs and lows that's come with the video game franchise. Sonic is part of the reason I'm a, a gamer and the whole reason I'm into illustration and animation. It was the first thing I learned how to draw to the point now where I can draw Sonic freehand anywhere, anytime. And despite, like, you know, the many speed bumps we've had to endure speed because, bumps. like, uh, oh, man, I'm, uh, I didn't mean to do that. Uh, <laughs> despite the many, like, you know, was it speed bumps yeah. that, like, you know, Sega and Sonic team have made over the years, like, by changing, like, you know, was it the gameplay formats, introducing all these random gimmicky ideas that yeah, like work. Sonic Pinball, that was not bad. <laughs> That one's alright, actually, to be fair, like, <laughs> of all the spin-offs we had to endure, but, you know, we've taken from, like, you know, someone that's been part of a fan base that's been, like, you know, let down or had to endure so many terrible things. Shadow the Hedgehog, Sonic 06, oh Sonic Boom, like, you know, was it the Wii Sonic games, like, you know, was it, I don't mind Sonic uh, and the Secret Rings, but Sonic well, and yeah, the Black Knight. Yeah, I remember that time when Sonic was just basically like, hey, uh, Sonic, uh, we need someone to, like, you know do this okay sure why not yeah and he just showed up in a whole lot of random stuff and you know there was a bit of an upswing for a little while with like um, Unleashed Colors and Generations but then they went but to why do they let Mario like okay like Mario appeared in so many crappy things but they let Mario get away with it why like when Sonic does it like why did why does he get so much crap I don't well, get. I don't understand. Like Mario showed up in like the weirdest places. Yeah, and I mean, like you know, no one, people like you know, like to joke about some of the crappier Mario games that he's been in. Like you know, was it like um, was it Mario does typing and like you know, was it Hotel like was it Hotel yeah. Mario? Um, <laughs> or that weird time travel game where Mario? Yeah, Mario's missing. Like Mario's you know, missing. Hey, that's not bad though. I don't mind that one. Yeah, but like you know, Mario's been in a whole lot of really weird games. But nobody like, gave him shit for it. I think it's just There's because so much he's, Nintendo bias. Yeah, like because the thing is, like you know, was it if we're doing a ratio of like you know is it good to bad games Nintendo even when their games are pants they are still at least better designed than like some of Sega's stuff okay I'm, I'm gonna say this is an unpopular opinion go ahead every Zelda game has been the same <laughs> I, I don't know why like it's like I don't know like I've, I've, I've played every Zelda games like it's yeah and like a lot of Nintendo games like they recycle the same crap over and over but Nintendo doesn't get anything for it like Sonic I don't know, like, Sonic appeared in Sonic Olympics and then he gets into shit, like, uh, some, I don't know, 
<laughs> double standard here? I don't get it. No, I understand. I mean, like, you know, it's a Nintendo bias is a thing. And, like, you know, is it while I'm part of, like, that fan group that will forgive them for certain things, at the same time, I'm not above, like, you know, criticism. Like, Smash Brothers as a franchise is one of my favorite things ever. Um, but even then, there's certain game modes or, like, you know, certain gameplay mechanics between certain games which I could criticize. And, like, you know, Breath of the Wild is one of my favorite games yeah. ever. That being said, like, you know, I could still tell you about certain gameplay things or, like, you know, things like weapon degradation or, like, you know, some of the, the reused enemies and, you know, certain other, like, you know, things I could nitpick about. But, you know, it's all about preference, I guess. But yeah. also because... One thing, like, you know, that has become apparent, at least with Sega, is that, like, you know, for all the changes that they've tried to make to the Sonic franchise to keep it fresh and new, they don't treat it in the same way that, like, you know, Nintendo do with Mario. Mario can be anywhere and everywhere. He can change genres at will. But I think his games, like, their, their games are a little bit more well-designed. Their people know what they're doing. And when they introduce new gimmicks, it's sort of more to the benefit of the gameplay rather than like, you know, making a drastic change. Mario's operated in a fairly similar way for ages, whether it be in his 3D or 2D game. So while the some gameplay aspects change, it still works. So with Sonic, it sort of just felt like for a while we had a consistent like thing, but then they decide, oh yeah, we're gonna change this. But it's also a problem because the Sonic fan base now has become so splintered. Where you have, like, you know, was it people that only like the classic games, people that got introduced to the adventure games in the, uh, you know, uh, early to mid 2000s. So there's people just between Sonic Adventure and Heroes. And then there's people that grew up in modern Sonic. So they're just like, oh yeah, I only like the boost formula from, like, uh, Unleashed and onwards. So then you have, like, these three different tiers of people shouting at Sega for what they want. And to be fair, Sega and Sonic Team have tried to implement new things that they thought the fans wanted and it hasn't always worked out. Now, Sonic Mania is the first win that, like, you know, was it the fan base has had for ages. And while not everybody's into 2D Sonic, it's crazy how it took, like, you know, was it fans of the game to make a good game for, like, you know, Sega. So understanding that these, this franchise and its character has been through these ups and downs of hardships for, like, you know, 20-something years. When it came to this Sonic movie, the Sonic fan base were watching this like hawks because <laughs> anything that could go wrong they were ready to pounce so I remember this film was announced well I think maybe back in 2016 yeah. was supposed to come out in 2018 then got pushed back to 2019 and as soon as those leaked images showed up the fans went into a frenzy and then the first trailer showed up at the end of April and I had strong feelings towards it but at the same time not that strong because while it looked god awful i don't know why they decided to that that design for sonic was a good thing and that trailer was completely tone deaf and dumb <laughs> um at the same time i was just like you know what i was gonna watch it anyway i just wanted to see what kind of train wreck we were dealing with here <laughs> but then the fan base in all their wonderfulness was just like we don't like this we want it changed now some people were civil about it but then there were those nutcase people that's part of the <laughs> fan base were just like yeah Fucked it up. You ruined my life. You animators are awful. You ruined my childhood. You ruined my childhood. And it's incredible. And I love that. Then you next ruined thing you my know, childhood. The director came out and they said they're going to redesign the character. And everybody treated it like, you know, was it like they won the war? Like, you know, this is like probably like, you know, what Internet World War Three. But um, <laughs> now. I was happy that they tried, decided to change the design, yeah. but at the same time, like, you know, was this the first sort of major thing that I've ever seen in terms of, like, fan backlash affecting a film? Um, yeah. And 
because Mass Effect Three was the last. Like, oh yeah, big I forgot about that. Yeah, but yeah. it's not like it's not a big like it's not a Hollywood film. Yeah, but the, yeah, this yeah. is when the Hollywood machine bent to the fans. Yeah, and with the new trailer that came out recently, bearing in mind it's like November as the time of this like uh, recording, I thought that new design. It looks like a cartoon hedgehog. It's not like, you know, one on one accurate with the video game, but this looks a heck of a lot better than before. Even the tone of the trailer was better. And part of me just thinks, why didn't you think of this before? Why didn't you just go with this before? If you're going to inherit an IP and adapt it, the best thing you could probably do is like, you know, use that bloody IP and then like, you know, adapt it in a way that looks recognizable because- Can I go on a tangent here? Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think of uh, Turtle Lips? Lips on the teenage mutants. Oh wow! Now here's the thing. Like unlike Sonic, I don't have like that much of an in- uh, attachment to the Ninja Turtles. I watched the show when I was younger, but I thought, okay, so when those the first Michael Bay like you know produced like you know turtle film came out, I was like, these guys. Part of me thinks they look kind of cool because they're so big and buff. But at the same time, they're like they're so bulky and they're ugly and their faces are all weird. What about uh, what about uh, Transformer lips? That was always dumb. So whenever like um, Optimus like you know did that cool thing where like you know he like had like what a weird face shield thing that he sort of went up when he went into battle mode, I'm like he should just look like that. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't need it. But yeah. um yeah, every time there's an adaptation, like you know I'm going on another tangent myself, but when it comes to an adaptation, there's a certain expectation from fans to like have like um, certain things adhered to. And while I understand adaptation, with adaptation comes change, but. There doesn't need to be such a radical change to the point where, like, you know, you might as well not have taken the IP. I mean, you might as well just create something new, but at the same time, I understand that you need the IP in order to get the people in. But if you're trying to appeal to a different audience, I always say, like, you know, if you're going to change it, make it better. You must have an idea that it's either going to make this better than, like, you know, the original concept. Or don't do it. And I feel like in the case of, like, the new Sonic film, regardless of like the fan backlash which was extreme and I'll get to that in a second this whole thing could have been avoided if they had just gone with a design that was closer to um, you know the original like you know video game because everybody knows what Sonic looks like there was no need to make him like this weird abomination in that first trailer and it stinks of like you know was it certain Hollywood execs or whoever was in the early part of the film creation process just saying we know better than the people who know this character and we're gonna change it because we think this is better. And I'm like, no, it isn't. But Hollywood has done that over the years. And remember I, and remember I the first Mario movie? Oh, I mean, <laughs> uh, Nintendo were crazy to go about and just let them make that thing. I mean, they made a, a, a film on a series that has no story, that still has no story. The only thing that came close to a story was Mario Galaxy, and even then that was more about Princess Rosalina than anything else. But no, that film is something else. I remember watching that as a kid. I'm like, what the hell is this movie? I don't know, like, uh, the, 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 yeah, the, but the thing is, like, going back to the Turtles, um, sure, like, the first Turtles, he kind of, like, you know, nostalgia kind of softens the blow a bit. But then when I watch the Turtles, like, the first time, you're like, it's close to the animation, but you're like, this is way too dark. No, definitely. I mean, it was visually too dark as well. There was so much scenes at night. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like... um. And, yeah, Raphael was my favorite character, but, like, to turn him into, like, kind of the main character in the very first one, and mm-hmm. you know how emo that guy is, right? Oh, God, yeah. Like, to the point where, like, 
I thought that Casey Jones was like the main character. They put so much Casey Jones that like I really hated the first Turtles film. Yeah. And you're like, sure, the second film they kind of like won me back because like you know Vanilla Ice was a thing. <laughs> and you're like, you're young. Yeah. Didn't know better. <laughs> Still like Ice Ice Baby. But um, <laughs> yeah, like I don't know, like uh, Hollywood has. Hollywood has been playing around with our feelings for the longest time. And the fact that now that, um, I don't know, like, um, we get it. Like, uh, the fans feel that they've won. Uh, but yeah, like. <laughs> it's a difficult Hard thing. to say. It's, 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 yeah. yeah, it's a tricky thing to talk about because, uh, on the one hand, is. I applaud these people for at least taking, like, you know, was it a chance and actually changing these things? Because not many people were given to fan demand. And. I think at least there will be more fans that will be interested in watching this movie as opposed to the first one. Though, that being said, I feel like the same amount of people would have went to watch this film just to see how bad it was, just so they could crap on it anyway. <laughs> I, would, I would have done it myself because I am stupidly curious about things and, like, you know, it will eat away at me enough where I'm just like, I want to know how bad this is, let me see. But was it with just backlash in general of any fandom, especially, like, you know, was it going back to Star Wars? I feel like some people treat this stuff too seriously mm -hmm. and in recent years I've just learned to like just let go because you waste too much energy like you know is it getting too invested in these things and then bitching about it to other people who may or may like or dislike what you like so again when it comes to like you know Star Wars I was just like I realized that after The Last Jedi that I'm not as invested in this franchise as I thought I was now like uh, I love the world of Star Wars the characters like you know was it uh lightsaber fights because I like you know the sword play that comes into that and like all that kind of crap but I realized after The Last Jedi that I'm like I'm not as well invested as everybody else who's bitching out of this movie and like there's certainly things I don't like about it but I'm not gonna voice my opinion on it online where I'm just like you know is it oh, this film is the worst this is the end of the franchise like you know is it Disney ruined my childhood <laughs> Love it. You hit all the things. <laughs> I and love I'm just it. Like, I don't care enough to bitch about it anymore. I'm like, all I'll say is like, if I feel the need to share my opinion, I'll share my opinion and that's it. So, you know, I'm happy that the Sonic design got changed, but at the same time, I'm just like, I'm not that, like, you know, pent up about it where I'm just like, I've won the internet today. They listened to my demands and this is how it's going to be forever. All I need to do is rap and then, like, you know, everything will work out. It's like, oh, yeah. God, man, just just calm it down like because I hate now um, when you're part of certain fandoms you voice any form of opinion and again like I said before people just look at you and label you as some sort of like angry fanboy or some sort of outspoken person who wants their like you know the man's man and I'm like again these people do not speak for me I have my own opinion and I wish to share it but like some people don't even want to give you a chance anymore because of these crazies that have come mm -hmm. out more than once um, especially when it comes to these big genre movies, everyone just assumes that like the fan base is made up of like you know crazy people who um, don't do anything but do these things. Yeah, and I'm just like, come on, man. There's so much more to this fan base if you step from your outside point of view and just look in a little deeper. Now, passion is something that I will never like. You know, was it dissuade people from showing? It's great to have passion for whatever you like, but there's a good way to uh, you know present that to other people and it just sucks when like you know as it stuff like this comes out 
and it just makes everybody look bad and it makes you just not want to be part of the conversation there's people that i know that said i don't want to converse about like you know anything anymore i will not join discussions anymore because i know there's too many toxic people around me that's gonna go about and like you know just ruin the experience for me or other people and i'm just like yeah, sometimes I've just chose to not engage with certain films because I know what that, you know, space is going to look like. I'll look at the comment section of any certain website, whether it be YouTube, Superhero Hype, or like, you know, certain forums. And I'm just like, you know what? Yeah, not today. I'm out. And I'll just go back to listen to music or something like that. So it's... Yeah, your mental health is so much more important sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, sometimes I do... Do you like looking at the comments? You know, just... just Putting my, wa- my, my 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 feet in the water, see if it's okay. Yeah, you know, throw in a little bit of a troll sentence here or there, but um, you know, it's um, it's sometimes it's not fun anymore. Yeah, and then sometimes I actually look at other mediums and then have good discussions over there without the toxic mentality. Like um, fandom is great, but as Kurt said, yeah, it's um. There's a line, and you cross that line, you're just ruining it for everyone else and ruining it for people who, you know, you, who want to get into it but don't know where to start. And they, they, they feel afraid that if they try to do something, they'll get shat on by, like, some people. Like, you know, like, uh, it took me a while to get into anime because, like, every time, like, before, like, every time I try to step into anime, they go, oh, you don't know this title. Oh, you don't know that title. You, oh, you must be stupid. God, yeah. And then this, this elitism has to stop. It's, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an escape. And people want to have fun. Let's, you know, let's not ruin it for them. And let's not ruin it for yourselves. Yeah, man. I mean, like, that's a really great way of putting it. Like, um... Films, like you said, are an escape. It's a form of entertainment. You want to be entertained, and like you know, was it when you experience something fun, or maybe even something pants? Like um, I have like a liking for like you know those sort of crappy like uh, sci-fi movies that you show up every once in a blue moon. Yeah. One of my favorites is like you know, was it Fire Twister? You should really watch that movie. Fire it's the best thing ever. Needs it's, more sharks. It's, <laughs> it's got Casper Van Dyne in there, and it's <laughs> amazing. It's literally just this weird like you know. Um, science experiment where like you know this lab blows up and there's a fire twister that just runs around sucking people into it and this thing is sentient because it can actually follow people down the street and it's amazing it's the worst thing ever and i know that there's certain people within like you know is it fan communities where it's like well this film is crap like you know is it but i'm like it's crap but it's brilliant at the same time there's a beauty in like certain madness yeah and you can just let people enjoy certain things even if you don't like it and yeah, just like Vincent said, man. Like, you know, just let people enjoy what they like to enjoy. It's a form of escape. Just have fun with it. If you don't have anything nice to say, remove yourself from the conversation. You'll yeah. save everybody, like, you know, unnecessary suffering. Um, and, yeah, because I don't want films to become, like, you know, as bad as, like, what? Well, to be fair, like, you know, the video game and, like, film fandom now, like, you know, is actually quite similar in terms of some of the things that do and don't work when it comes to conversations about certain things. But, yeah, man, just... This could get a lot worse unless just, you know, be logical individuals. Think about things that you before you're saying them. Like just be cool, baby. Like, you know, is it like Joe Cool? Like that dude is my favorite. Like, you know, is it Snoopy running around with that like those shades and like uh, that jumper? My dude. I don't even know why I brought that up. He's cool. But um, Snoopy's cool. Yeah. So I mean can be a, he can be a troll sometimes. Oh but. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love that. <laughs> and speaking of trolls actually, one of the one of my favorite things about film fandom, whether it be like good or bad, is like the 
funny, like the people that know how bad these things are, and they just run around just running, writing the funniest things in the comment section. The memes are fantastic, and it's sometimes just really fun just to see what people are saying. Like, um, the salty Pokemon fans have been really funny recently as well because <laughs> the amount of people just bitching about like Sword and Shield is great. One of my favorite ones was just some person that wrote Pokemon copy and paste. And, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, cut, copy and paste. I'm like, that's amazing. No, that's um, but yeah, like uh, Vincent said beforehand, there is a line where this thing can only be funny for so long, and then like you know when it just turns to full on vitriol and chaos, I'm like, you just don't need it. You just don't need it. But yeah, I think that's pretty much all I need to say. About yeah, this. like um, yeah, as uh, Kurt said, like um, there are memes, and if you are listening, and um, maybe you do identify with the people who we just described, we apologize. <laughs> but at the same time, please take that vitriol and use it as fuel. Make memes, do a podcast, write something, use that as fuel as for your next venture. Maybe you'll make money off of it. And see, like, you know, Vince is, like, a lot smarter than I am because I wouldn't be able to recommend that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I, you know, it's at the end of the day, like, you know, everybody has an opinion and, like, you know, whether you agree to disagree, like, uh, that's that's down to you. But hopefully I did not offend. Like, you know, is it, I, again... Nah, you'll offend someone. I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for it because I've offended people all my life, man. Like, you know, just appearing is just like, oh, man, it's Curtis. You're doomed. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, um... Ladies and gentlemen, let's just be cordial. Let's just be nice. Let's just enjoy what we like to enjoy and let other people enjoy things and the world will be a lot easier for you and everyone else. I think so. Well, thanks for having me on board. Yeah, man. Like, you know, again, thank you, Vincent, for, like, you know, coming on the podcast. I believe that this was a fun discussion, man. It was just nice, fast, and loose. And um, I hope that, ladies and gentlemen, you enjoyed it as well. If you have anything to say about any of the topics that we discussed, and believe me, we covered a fair amount. We could have gone a lot deeper than this, but um, I thought we'd be good and keep, like, you know, is it things on, like, you know, a decently tight schedule. But, yeah, no, um, Vincent, if you ever want to come back to the podcast, please do. That'd be fun. Oh, this is fun. I definitely will. I'll bring your uncle along too. Yeah, man. Like you know, we'll have to have him on the podcast, or at least like you know, on that one night. He keeps saying he's going to do it at some point. Uh, he's been saying that for six years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just going to go to Washington. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, like you know, again, if you have anything to say about any of the topics that we brought up today, please be sure to drop them in the comment section below, or holler at me on Twitter, where I am at hypersonic 55 or at filmfocus55. Check out the Facebook page, which is I think Film Focus as well, and um, yeah, check out the podcast again on Sound cloud or itunes because it's really good really good times um and i would just love to have like you know the additional support man of like uh you know just having additional ratings and just like you know a bit more of a following because uh yeah man i love doing this but like you know i'd like to build a foundation that we could just build upon so if you would be nice enough just to rate the comment uh, no, rate comment and like you know just do all that good stuff it would be great but yeah, that will do it for another episode of Film Focus. Thank you for listening as always. And until the next time, this is the Hypersonic 55 signing out. Peace. <laughs>